Welcome into the Fantasy Playmakers Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Popolars, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Mackey. What is up, Ryan? Nothing, man. How's it going? Oh, you know, just kind of uh, setting up a new two-screen monitor kind of system here, and it's getting a little uh, little late. But oh, yeah. you uh, other than that, yeah, a little bit, you know. As you can see now, you really can't see my eyes. <laughs> So no, no, that's a plus. I'm, I'm still I'm still rocking the uh, the tablet, so I'm kind of jealous of it too. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not as it's not what they crack it up to be. I guess actually, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I lied, but yeah. So we are here to discuss our top, I guess you would call top tier wide receivers in this 2020 rookie class. Um, I think pretty much we can kind of break it, kind of just jump right in here, Ryan. I. Don't know if there's anything you have as far as like a breaking news or anything. Not much has happened this past week in the NFL. Do you have anything um, you want to bring up or anything? No, not really. Fournette re-signed with the Bucks. Um, nothing, nothing too too crazy. Mike Davis signed with the Falcons. Could be their RB one if they don't draft somebody. But I I don't see that. I don't see him going in with them as RB one. So. Other than that, not really. The Bills named their stadium. I don't know if you saw that or not. Uh, yeah, I did actually just see that come through a little bit before this. <clears throat> what was it? Highmark, I think. It's uh, blue Highmark, know. Blue Cross, Blue Shield Stadium, or something like that. Yeah, it's something that's have like eight games. Yeah, it's gonna have to be up a little bit somehow. Yeah, it's all right in Buffalo. We still call it the Ralph, so they can change whatever they want. It's still always that's the true. Ralph. It's always gonna be the Ralph. The real fans. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, let's kind of just dive right in then here. <clears throat> um, let's start off with Terrace Marshall. He is six foot three, two hundred pound junior out of LSU. Um, <clears throat> he had a two back to back double digit touchdown seasons, and he had actually a very good college dominator rating of forty six point five percent. Ryan, how do you feel about Terrace Marshall? Oh, I actually like him a lot. He, like I told you before the uh, before we went live here, he actually jumped ahead of Rondell Moore in my rankings that I just had put out. Uh, I think Friday I uh, posted to Twitter that I, I had put, put top six out, but I adjusted the uh, list top ten, and he actually jumped Rondell Moore in my rankings. Um, I like the fact that he played both inside and out in the uh, at the college level. I think, and he continued he was able to continue his production with that change. Like nothing really, nothing really dropped off with him when he went from outside to inside or vice versa. I really like his size. Like you said, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. That's a prototypical wide receiver one size that you like to see. Uh, he uses his hands really well and he's got above, above average strength and quick feet to beat press. So I'm not really too worried about him getting jammed in the line of scrimmage or anything like that. He, he's going to get jammed, but it won't be, as uh, as detrimental to him as it is to some other receivers. Uh, he's really explosive in his routes and has good lateral movement from side to side. Uh, good body control, adjusts really well to the ball. High points and attacks the ball really well. He's got those quick, like, snatch hands where, he, like, the ball's coming in and the defender's trying to read where he's coming in. All of a sudden, his hands just come up and pluck, pluck the ball out of the air. I like to see that a lot because it shows he has good hand-eye coordination. Uh, doesn't allow the ball to get to his body very much. He always catches with his hands. Doesn't allow it to hit him in the chest or hit him in the stomach or anything like that. 
really yeah, good I mean, at finding holes. Yeah, I think that's like a big point. I think we should kind of key in there too, as is like that's something that he does really well. Is like you had said with like saying that that like pluck type um, catch with the contested catch area. I think it's all comes down to that. He just has really strong hands, and I think he uses them always to catch the ball. It's he never really you never see him even like the over the shoulder throws or anything like that. It's never really a basket. He's always kind of just going up and grabbing it with his hands. And for me, that's a big thing I like to see out of wide receivers. I Because it <clears throat> it almost helps create that open type feel. You're getting to the ball before the defensive back does. And it just makes it a little bit easier for quarterbacks to make those throws. But I think one thing that kind of I think would worry me about Terrace Marshall, I feel like he tends to, I think he almost doesn't either trust his speed or doesn't necessarily have that much of it. Um, on the basis that I've seen a couple times, like he kind of gets caught looking up field, whether it's on like the short screen passes and it's a concentrated drop or just kind of over the middle, kind of like taking that quick peek and just losing his like hand-eye coordination, I guess, to an extent. Um, do you, did you notice any of that or how do you feel about any of that stuff? No. Yeah, I definitely, I actually have it in my notes that he at, at times will lose his focus. I don't, like you said, I don't know if he's like, trying to sneak a peek up upfield to see what he's got to do or whatever the case may be. But he does lose track of the ball from time to time, at least when it's getting close. Like, I don't know if it's one of those things where he feels like, okay, I'm good. Now I can take a peek and look or what, but he doesn't always look the ball into his hands. But overall, I, I really like his hands. And like you said, the next, uh, the next gear in terms of speed is a little bit of a concern. Like he doesn't really have like that breakaway speed. He's definitely – Definitely one of the uh, like a long strider where he might might just take him a minute to get up to speed a little bit. Yeah, and I mean that's not always always very often. Yeah, I mean, and that's not always a bad thing. I mean, a lot of these guys that are that six foot three kind of or taller type players tend to have that where it's not really a burst type speed. Um, Usually, those guys are kind of that elite tier versus your average like six foot three type guy. Yeah. But I think Marshall kind of just really jumped out at me. I think, I mean, his production's not that great. He never broke a thousand yards at LSU, but you have to remember he also played with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and a lot of options in that offense. So I think he's kind of going under the radar right now, and I like him um, a lot. I think that where he's going to go in that late first to early second in most rookie drafts could end up being a really good steal. And I think depending on his landing spot, he could see like that wide receiver two to three range right away and possibly eventually be a wide receiver one. Like you had said back to his size where he's at that almost what you quote unquote call the alpha size and the wide receivers. And I think that his hands and his good route running as well that he possesses will help create a lot of separation and just he could definitely become a favorite target for many quarterbacks in the NFL. No, I agree. The only uh, the other two things I wanted to touch on, did you happen to notice anything in terms of his effort consistently? Like I, I kind of noticed that he didn't always put in 100% effort. It seemed like uh, – I don't know if it was – if it's like plays that aren't going in his way or – routes that he knew what were going in his direction, like pass plays. I, I don't know. I, I just felt like he wasn't there a hundred percent of the time. Like some of these other guys are that it might just be a college thing. I don't know. 
coaching's a little bit different in the NFL, so they might be able to get that out of them. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say it's LSU. <laughs> um, the <laughs> only reason I'm gonna say that is because I. That's in my same. Once we get down to the top top tier here, uh, it's a thing that I have in Jamar Chase as well. I think that for some reason it just seems like certain times you're watching the film and if like you said the play doesn't come their way or it isn't designed to go their way and then it breaks back like they're kind of just lost in translation there and they just kind of like you said it's almost like they're disinterested um i feel like i didn't see too much of it or like you had said it's not really a concern to me i think at the next level a little bit better coaching kind of like hey if you do this stuff you're not gonna be on the field versus where college it's kind of a little bit more you're just so talented that you can get away with some of that stuff. Right. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking too. He's just, just so much better than his teammates this year. Anyways, that he was like, yeah. Yeah. Where they kind of let it slide, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't see it as a concern. I think that that's something that is easily like to an extent it's easily coachable. And I think that for me, it doesn't really concern me too much with Marshall. Um, the, the other thing was he had a – I don't know if it was his ankle or his foot that ended his senior year in high school. It had a season-ending injury there. And then he also hurt the same foot or ankle, I think it was his freshman or sophomore year. Mm-hmm. That any any concern for you, maybe his lower body is a little bit weaker and not as durable as maybe you'd like to see? Um, I wouldn't say that. I think, again, it's another thing that once you get into the NFL, everything's just better. Um, your doctors, I mean, your just training staff, your weight rooms, your accessibility to different treatments and stuff like that. I feel like obviously it's kind of like, it seems like it's a little bit of a lingering issue. Um, but I think that once he gets kind of into that better of a regimen, maybe of more training or better diet or anything like that, just all that stuff that adds up little stuff that'll help make that less of a factor I think in the NFL than it would have in college. So I'm not really too worried about the injuries with Marshall. Cause like you said, honestly, in reality, it's just that same injury almost lingering. Um, so I don't think like he has like an injury problem. Um, but I think, I think was maybe just even that just like kind of the workout and just kind of build a little bit extra strength in that leg or ankle area, um, would definitely help him too. Um, I'm going to move on to one of my, I guess you could say, quote unquote, guy that I'm higher than consensus on. Um, let's move on to Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, nothing like his brother. Uh, I think Amon Ra is the real deal. I think Equanimous kind of just disappeared. Uh, just he's having a little bit of a rough go there in Green Bay. Yeah. But St. Brown is six foot one, 195 pounds, and he's a junior out of USC. In 2019, he had a thousand yard season <clears throat> in which he had six touchdowns. Last season, he had 478 yards on a shortened COVID season and seven touchdowns. Um, I think for me, as far as player profiler goes, um, his breakout age is what stands out. It's the 92nd percentile at 18 <clears throat> other than that the rest of them are kind of just an average type statistical 
Um, but big thing that I like about Robon St. Brown that I think he does well is I think he's very physical. Um, he is a solid blocker, which will help him get onto the field in the NFL. He also does very, very well at settling into soft spots and zones. Um, he does well in pulling up and making himself available for quarterbacks. Um, he also tracks the ball very well. I think he's um, one of the better ball trackers in the in this class. Um, I would say, though, something that kind of goes against him, um, I would say would be maybe his, like, yak. He's not very, like, super explosive after the catch. Um, but I do like what he brings as far as a route runner. And like I said, he high points the ball pretty decent, and he tr- just tracks the ball well. I mean, there's plays that he adjusts to poorly thrown balls and makes – what would be like a spectacular catch for many people just kind of look routine. Um, Ryan, do you kind of feel the same way or did you notice anything a little different? No. Yeah. I, I, I agree with what you said. He, he is extremely physical. He, he does high point the ball really well. Uh, he's really smart. Just a naturally smart football player. He, he has good, really, really good natural instincts on the field. And yeah. Really and I good, think that's uh, like, I think that's what like the zone settling, you know what I mean? Like he just, he gets it. You know what I mean? He kind of almost just can read that defense as he's cutting across and just be like, okay, this is where that soft spot is. I'm going to settle down and make myself available. Yeah. Yeah. He read, he reads zones extremely well. Like you said, he, he's a pretty good run blocker. He's physical for his size. Uh, and I actually really liked his route tree a lot. I feel like he has a pretty complete route tree. He didn't really run uh, just slants or anything like that. Like you saw him running a handful of other, uh, routes that are going to keep him on the field in the NFL level. Uh, he was he was USC's go-to guy in like 50-50 situations. The only thing I didn't really uh, – the only thing I'd like to see a little bit more of was the fact that he was never really his team's dominant receiver. He had uh, – he was always – he always seemed to be like second fiddle to somebody in terms of receptions or yards. Last year they had uh, – Jake London was – led the team in yards uh and his two previous seasons i i can't remember off the top of my head who was it that was there with him uh Pittman was there um yeah, and Pittman. juju i think might have been there i don't know if they they crossed paths actually i'm not 100 percent sure on that one no it was it was definitely Pittman. Pittman led the team in uh catches his first two years and then uh Tom and rod led the team and catches his past season but was outgained in yards by Jake London, who's a, who's a really good prospect himself. I'm not saying that's like he's like getting beat out by bumps or anything like that, but uh, yeah, Jake London like looks pretty good. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, Even Vaughn's another guy that came out of USC this year. He was pretty decent too. Yeah, so it's not like yeah, they had yeah. like a bad receiver core where he's like the only target, and that's partially like I think right. in player profile. Yeah, I mean his target share was 22, percent which is about mid pack as his class goes. And I mean, that's just because like you said that he's never been that lead receiver. It, it's kind of almost like, I feel like this is a USC type thing in the last couple of years. You think about it. I feel like Michael Pittman really isn't, I mean, he's got the size and everything to be an alpha, but I feel like the same thing. I almost feel like he's a better second fiddle. Like Juju almost is a better second fiddle than like the main guy. And I could feel like a Monroe could kind of be the same way, but that's not a knock. I mean, 
we've seen plenty of second fiddle guys be top 24 wide receivers as far as fantasy goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he, he doesn't profile as a alpha receiver anyways. So uh, definitely a wide receiver too, in my opinion. But the only other thing was that I, at least on tape, I would have liked to see him be a little bit stronger in terms of his upper body, but he benched 225 for 20 at his pro day. So he must he must have got stronger in between uh, the tape I was watching in his pro day because I didn't think he'd put up 225 for 20. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely going to be something that he's going to have to work on. I mean, and like you said, he may have gotten stronger in this time period because um, the film would be technically a little while back from it. But I think that's something that I agree with. I think if he gets a little stronger, because he's going to see a little bit more press probably at the NFL level than he did playing in the Pac-12. Um, so I definitely think so. I Like I said, I mean, I like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. I just don't – I don't see him being like a top 12 guy. I mean, but necessarily it's tough right now. In the NFL, there's so many good wide receivers that even looking at this class, you're looking at even like the top guys like Jamar Chase, Bateman, Devontae Smith – I mean, to get into the top 12 is going to – you're going to be a special football player. I mean, it's just there's a lot of good talent right now at the wide receiver position. So, as we're saying, like, oh, this guy's a second fiddle. He's a top 24 type guy. Like, that's still quality first-round talent slash mid-beginning second round for rookie drafts. And I think – I just like the upside that Amon Ra brings, I think – Honestly, he probably has a pretty big bust factor, obviously, with, say, if you want to lean towards, like, what his brother did. But, like, I think his upside's pretty high, and I think it's somebody that, in that early to mid-second round, like, I'm going to take a couple chances on him if I can. Oh, yeah. I uh, What do you think of his speed? I'm kind of curious to see, because he ran a 4-5-1 at his, at his pro day, apparently. Uh, but... Before that, he was recorded at like a four or six or something like that. So I'm, I don't, I can't imagine he got that much faster. But he he didn't look he looked deceptively fast on tape from what I saw. So here's with the forty times right now, especially at pro days. I believe what they're doing or saying, at least on the Twitter universe, is that add point zero five to every pro day, basically for just human error, just purely yep. clicking the stopwatch. So if you factor yeah, he, that in, what'd you say? He ran four, five, four, four, five, one, four, five, one. So you figure he's about four, five, six. So, I mean, he's right around that 4.6 range. Um, and that seems about right to me. Like I said, I, that's where his yak kind of struggles. Like he's a physical yak type guy, but he doesn't have that top end speed. Um, which could be concerning um, to an extent. However, I don't think you've seen a lot of guys in that four, five, four, six range that have success at the NFL level. I mean, ultimately at the day's end, I mean, if you're playing in a PPR league, if he can get open and create separation, if he can't create 10, 15 yards on every play as a yak, I mean, it's still not a bad thing. I mean, you're going to get points from the reception and then you're going to get probably five, 10 yards each reception. And I think his routes is what's going to create that separation. He's not creating separate. And it's honestly, it could be a good thing. This is the way I'll look at it and say, 
that he couldn't win with his speed at the college level only. So he had to use his routes, which means, which is leading to him being a better route runner, which will transition better to the NFL because he wasn't able to just rely on speed. Some of these other guys, you can watch the film and you can see like, he just blows by a guy because that corner that he's playing is not going to play in the NFL or just doesn't have that speed. And when you get to the NFL, all these corners got the speed. So I think being able to have relied more on his routes than his speed in the college level will help him better in the NFL level. That's the way that I take it. Um, it could be wrong and he could be absolutely terrible because he is too slow, but I'm leaning towards the route that he's just that much better of a route runner because he wasn't able to lean on his speed in college. Yeah. He just seems like one of those guys that isn't nothing really stood out like eye popping wise on tape, but he seems like he's balanced enough to be able to be successful at the NFL and be useful in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, he's one of, honestly, he's like, Robert Woods, another USC receiver. You know what I mean? He's kind of just like, he's not overly exciting, but he does things well and he's effective. That's the way that I see him. And I think he's like a Tyler boy, you know what I mean? Just that reliable kind of 10 point type guy at the next level for fantasy, at least. Yep. Um, let's go to the opposite spectrum from slow to explosive. A <laughs> uh, guy that missed part of the season this year, which was kind of a, Kind of a sad thing. I think we were all pretty excited for him, but Jalen Waddle, who is a five foot ten, 182 pound junior out of Alabama. Um, for me, it's another guy that didn't really produce um, a thousand yard season, but again, playing with uh, receiver cores that are wellly talented of NFL type caliber players. Um, I think this year was a knock. I mean, we didn't get to really see what he could do. And I think that led to, to Devonte Smith's success. I think it was basically Devonte Smith and, um, Mechie and that's about it. So I think for me, the big thing with Jalen Waddle is it's still an unknown. I mean, you can see on film though, this kid has like explosiveness. I mean, he is fast. He is I'm excited for tomorrow. I believe he's running the 40 tomorrow at Alabama's pro day or today, depending on when you're listening to this, but I'm excited. I want to see what he runs. Um, not that it's going to be that much of a difference maker for me. Cause you can see it on tape. He's just explosive. He has good vision when he has the ball in his hands. Um, and he actually, for being five foot 10, I mean, he high points the ball pretty well. And I just think he's just like a, a versatile type player that, He's not like a full gadget guy because he can run, definitely run routes, um, but he can be used in that way. He can kind of use like, like, a, like we all hope LaVisca Chanel could be used last year. I think this could be used the same way, just instead of winning physically, he's more of a speed guy. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about Jalen Waddell? Um, just, just real quick, did, didn't Alabama already have their pro day? Uh, they have two. Oh, he he didn't do the he didn't have uh, he didn't participate no, last him, week. No, him nor Smith did. Both of them, I think, are tomorrow. And I don't know what Najee is doing tomorrow either. Okay, yeah, I just I just remember seeing the report that Najee like drove down like nine hours or whatever to see his teammates participate in the pro day and all that stuff. So, I wasn't hundred percent sure if they had if they had two or if they just had the yeah, one. Yeah, they were having two. I think last week was basically just I believe it was just like linemen and defensive players. I believe. 
Oh, okay. No, that, that could be very true. I, I didn't look into it, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, like you said, he – speed. The very first thing you see on, on film is speed. He, he is going to terrorize defenses, and he's going to be somebody that you are going to have to game plan every single week for as long as he's on the field. Uh, and he's going to he's going to change an offense's play style. Like, if he goes to somebody like Philly or a team like Philly or – has been mocked to the the Chargers, uh, something like that. He's gonna he's gonna change he's gonna change their offense entirely. The Chargers uh, would be scary. Oh man, I, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they don't, even though they're not in the Bills division or anything like that. But just with Eckler and Herbert's arm and Keenan Allen and even Mike Williams to an extent, Jared Cook in the middle of the field, even though he's old, that that offense will be scary good if he if he goes there, but. Uh, he's Waddle's going to be one of the top, in my opinion, he'll be a top three returner the moment he's drafted in the NFL. He's got that speed and lateral movement that he's able to, he's able to make people miss and he's got great vision. He's an angle beater. So he, he's going to change the entire complexion of a team. Once, once he gets drafted, in my opinion, as long as he stays healthy, uh, Got great balance, hard to bring down, good body control. The only thing that the only things I was a little worried about was that he could he could work on his strength overall. Uh, his footwork could be a little better at the line of scrimmage, like getting off of press coverage, and he could have he could have a little bit crisper routes. He tends to round his routes out a little bit, but his speed makes up for any shortcomings in that department when it comes to his his lack of Christmas in and out of his routes, which might be a little bit exposed the NFL level, but he's still going to be faster than 99% of the corners of the NFL level as well. So he's not as too concerned about that. And it's something that can be coached. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's another thing you could almost, I think Rondell Moore does a little bit better job of slowing down and actually running routes than Jalen Waddle does. Um, but Waddle does, he kind of does tend to, I think it's just a speed thing. I mean, this guy's flying. I mean, you watch him out there and he's like, the roadrunner and the rest of the, the teams look like the coyote. And it's just, it's just a struggle for them to keep up. And I think this is almost where you get to that opposite of what I said about Amon Ross St. Brown, St. Brown needed to run crisper routes. Waddle necessarily could beat some of these guys with just pure speed. And now getting to the NFL, this is something that he's going to have to maybe clean up a little bit. But like you said, his speed is so explosive that he can be used in different ways. Like you said, he could be a return guy, so that could be a way to get him on the field. However, I think that they may not use him that way because, like you said, the health concerns and whatnot. But I think he's just so explosive at receiver that they're going to want to use him there. And, I mean, like I said, I mean, there's plays that he's going up and over defensive back. So it's not that he's just, like, this speed guy that just outruns people. I mean, he high points it, like I had said. He goes up. He can grab the ball. Something I did notice is he does tend to kind of, like, let the ball come to him. He doesn't necessarily – he when he goes up and grabs it, it's kind of like a – almost like a basket type catch. He doesn't necessarily like go up region, like pick it out of the air, um, which is something I'd like to maybe see him go a little bit more towards, like start using his hands a little more um, once he's going up into that contested catch area. But I think overall, I like Jalen Waddle a lot. I think he possesses a lot of skills and a lot of just overall things that a lot of NFL teams are going to look for. 
And as far as a fantasy owner goes, I mean, that speed is going to kill. I mean, he is going to be a yak monster and he is going to produce, I mean, double digit fantasy points, I think pretty close to week in week out, depending on how he gets used. As long as he gets the opportunities, he, I think he's going to be a top 24 type guy, <clears throat> whether it's not probably next year, but at least in a couple of years, I think he's easily a top 24 type wide receiver. No, I agree. Well, he definitely has that potential for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's got a safer bust rate than say Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's got a safer floor in that aspect. Um, but I do think that his upside is much higher than a St. Brown or Marshall. And even honestly, some of these other guys like a uh, Devontae Smith or Rashad Bateman, I think if he puts it all together and stays healthy, I mean, that speed is just going to be a killer at the NFL level. So. Oh yeah. And like, he's like, I do like how, I do like you, how he was able to actually get up in the air and contest situations and come down with the ball. Like you don't, you don't see it very often in terms of like these burners like that. You don't see him, mm-hmm. you don't see guys like that attack the ball very well. But I, what I saw on tape, I really liked the fact that he did that pretty consistently when he needed to. Yeah. And I mean, he shows good body control when he goes up and grabs it too. It's not like he's just jumping up there flailing for it. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, that's what I mean. I think he's just, <clears throat> he's more than a speed guy. Let's move on to his uh, fellow Alabama running mate. Uh, let's move on to Devonte Smith, our Heisman winner this past year. Uh, he is six foot one, one seventy five, aka the Slim Reaper, out of Alabama. This kid has back to back thousand yard seasons. In twenty nineteen, he had twelve hundred yards. In this past season, he had eighteen hundred yards, and he produced fourteen touchdowns in twenty nineteen and twenty three this past season. I think. Winning a Heisman as a wide receiver is enough to know what he did this past season was very impressive. I think whether you're a film guy or an analytics guy, outside of his weight, I think we can all agree that he was dominant at the collegiate level this past season. He's a guy that goes up, he grabs the ball with his hands. He hardly lets the ball come to himself. Um, He's another great route runner out of Alabama. He's got the speed, not necessarily as much as Jalen Waddle, but enough to make it as an impact. Um, he has a huge catch radius. This guy can go up and grab it. He has long arms, and he just kind of gets up there and snags the ball, whether it's low, whether it's high. As long as he can basically get on, get his hands on it, he usually catches it as well. <clears throat> Another thing he has is good footwork. Um, I think at release points, he is one of the better, I guess, guys at creating separation in this class. Um, but he's also pretty tough. I mean, I mean, the big knock on him right now is that he's 175. He's this little guy, and everybody's afraid that he's just going to get clobbered at the NFL level and not be able to stand up with these six foot one type corners. Um, but I think. What he does is he's such a good route runner and he has an ability to make a catch and protect himself while doing so. Um, So the size to me doesn't really matter. Um, But I do think that the size is still a concern. I think I'd like to see him put on a little weight and possibly get a little bit more physical. Um, Obviously at his size, it's a little hard, but I think if he put some weight on, I think he could maybe get a little bit more physical um, as he's going to need it first press most likely at the NFL level. 
Um, aside from any of that, Ryan, how do you feel about our Heisman winner, Devontae Smith? Uh, I, I like him a lot, obviously. I, I don't really know too many people that don't like him. Uh, I've seen I've seen some people a little bit lower on him. I've seen him at wide receiver five or wide receiver six, and I think that's just a little too low for just how dominant he was performing even with elite level NFL talent as teammates is, is always impressive to me. Uh, in my opinion, he is the route runner of this class. Like he's, I think he's by far the best route runner, most polished, uh, elite separation with, cause he's got extremely quick feet, high level of acceleration. Uh, like you said, good, good hand usage. And he, he uses the, he uses the, oh my gosh, he uses a defender's leverage against them better than just about anybody in the draft. Like he, you'll see him run a route where he's getting, where receivers trying to jam him on onto the outside and he'll make like a little cut to the outside to break free a little bit. And then he jets out forward and it's just, he just always finds a way to create separation, which I, I love to see that, especially with a guy his size. Uh, like you said, huge catch radius. According to PFF, he was fifth in the country at, with 11 contested catches last season. So a guy his size and people that are worried about him not being able to compete with the corners at that level, that's, that's SEC corners, and he had the fifth most contested catches in the entire country last year. So uh, kind of made you feel a bit better seeing that. Uh he makes he makes catches and can maintain his top speed really well. Like you see him, and it's timing with Mac Jones too. That definitely helps. But uh, being able to catch the ball and not have to slow slow his stride down or sl- slow his body down at all, to, he's able to keep his momentum going, which is which is really nice to see. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, let me just build off that real quick, Ryan. I saw a couple. There was a couple clips too where it's like it's crazy, like. It's easy to say, like, oh, he caught it in stride. It was a great throw. But I've seen him make some that, like, with that large catch radius, how we mentioned, but it's also, like, that body control. He's able to go down and grab balls near his knees while continuing to run. It's pretty impressive, honestly. I think that's one of the big things I took away. It was just kind of like a like a wow factor in the film where it's just kind of like you watch this. It's a simple slant. Mac Jones misses the throw a little bit. It's low and away, and – I mean, this guy just goes down, snags it, basically barely moving his body in any way, shape, or form, and then just takes off up the middle. And, I mean, I don't know. It's just something that I thought was just crazy because it's easy to say, like, oh, we can catch it in stride and keep moving. But, like, when you mentioned that, I think what you're trying to get at, too, is, like, what I was saying, where it's just, like, there are harder catches for people, but he's making it look easy and being able to continue that stride. Yeah, Am I right or am I wrong by that? No, you're right. The the catch radius definitely plays a factor. I would love to see what his wingspan is because his arms, like you've seen, I think everybody's seen that picture of him standing on the sideline where his arms look like they go down to his ankles. So yeah. that, that definitely plays a factor. And he, but he uses them. He uses them extremely well. Like he he knows how to use his body to his advantage. And I I think there's we've seen prospects come in and out before where they they don't necessarily know how to do that. And I think that's kind of important for somebody his size to know how to use his God-given body to, to do things other people just simply can't do. Uh, just some of the things that I was seeing on tape, and, I, and I'm, I'm nitpicking here because I've, I've, he's, he's really good. Uh, obviously, he's going he's gonna to struggle a little bit with, his, with getting knocked off routes a little bit and balance because of his size at the next level. Uh, 
But other than that, I mean, I can't really – like you said, his size is really the only thing. His speed, even his, even his speed, I'm not really all that concerned about because I, I saw an interview with him and Henry Ruggs from two years ago that he very confidently said that he would beat Henry Ruggs in a 40 and a 200. He said Ruggs could beat him in the 100, but he said that he could beat Ruggs in a 40 and a 200. And I was like, really? I was, I was a little – like he said it very confidently. Obviously, Ruggs disagreed. He Ruggs was like, no, no way. But, uh, yeah, Smith did not crack a smile or anything like that when he said it. He was he was extremely confident that he would be able to beat Ruggs in the 40, and everybody knows how fast he was uh, at the combine last year. So, that, yeah, that I hope he runs tomorrow. I want to see. I want to see it. You know, what I mean, I like you can see it on film. I mean, and even that, like you had said, where his size is a concern at the next level too with the press. But like he faced it somewhatly. Um, in the SEC or playing like against the ACC in the championship games. And I think they have to garnish, like give him credit for what he has in speed and just his routes allows him to break off of that press coverage more so than physicality. Like we'll compare apples to apples here, I guess. And we'll say like Jamar chase and Devonte Smith for me, Jamar chase wants that physicality. He's not that fast. He's going to, engage with that defender and try and physically beat him up to create a separation. Devontae Smith uses his foot or his foot, his feet and his just pure like body shimmy and just creates that corner to get back on his heels and then just blows by him. So I think, yes, would it help if he gets a little more physical and a little stronger? Yes. But I think he still can win. He just wins a different way. He almost reminds me of like that Stevie Johnson style and old, like that old, the old Bills receiver. I think just kind of just really a technician. And I, I saw an interview. It was during the season. I think ESPN did it where they actually did a highlight on Devonte Smith. And he had mentioned like, he's just a crazy hard worker. And he's, he is a smart type guy too. almost where we went back to, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, where he just, he gets it and he wants to be better. Like he mentioned that he talked to when he was there, like Kelvin Ridley, he would take and learn from Kelvin Ridley in his route running. He learned from like Waddle and rugs on how they use their speed to their advantage and just learning from all these other receivers and adapting it to his game. And I think that's what made him special this past season is just he's a mix of a lot of these guys and he just works hard and he's there all the time. He's always on the jug machine. Like he just wants to be the best. And I think that going to the next level is going to be just crazy. If he gets in a good spot and good coaches and can stay healthy, I guess. I mean, that's a concern. You know what I mean? The size is just, as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be dominant at the next level. No, I agree. I, I did find one. I found a, I found a stat, did a little bit of research on him, or a little bit of research while preparing for this. And according to Stathead, which is the football reference, like advanced level statistics that you can research, only four players in NFL history with Smith's combo of height, weight, and BMI have multiple seasons over 60 catches. And Anthony, it's Anthony Carter who had four – Webster Slaughter, who had four, Jesse Hester, who had two, and Stevie Bresson, who had two. And I don't know about you, but I've only heard of two of those guys. So it's it's not – I mean, he's it's – much better prospect than those guys are by far. Like, I think he's one of the better wide receiver prospects that we've we've had in a while. 
So I'm not saying I'm not saying that he isn't going to be better than those guys, but just just on size alone, I can see why people have a little concern about it because guys like that don't usually succeed at the NFL level. Like I've seen, I've seen Steve Smith comparison, and that doesn't work because Steve Smith was sturdy and bulky and was but also quick at the same time. And I've seen, but I've also seen people say. And even himself, uh, Chad Ochocinco came out and said that he's Devontae is a better prospect than he was coming out, and he played at 170 himself. So, I mean, it, it can go both ways, but if you look into it a little bit, it is I can see why people are a little bit concerned about his size. Yeah, I think it's tough, but I think he is that anomaly. It's hard to say that and be like, this guy's just not the norm. But I just feel like, again, you go back to, I mean, he won the Heisman. I mean, it's, it's a very rare thing for a wide receiver to win this award and i mean you could go with the tainting and say that oh it was a covid shortened season like not everybody got to play the same games blah 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 but either way i mean he was just so dominant at the level that i feel like he is that anomaly that he has a better chance of being that outlying factor than just say we'll use john ross you know what i mean just another kind of like smaller built speed type guy that I mean, he's a, I believe John Ross is shorter than him, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously, I don't have him at one. I, cause the size does concern me a touch, but I just think that a lot of people are so concerned with that, that he's falling to like that late first round in rookie drafts. And for what he's possibly going to give you, I mean, he could end up being the wide receiver one from this class. So I don't know. I think his value is great for where he's going to fall in those rookie drafts. No, no, I agree. Um, why don't we move on to another one of my, uh, my top favorite type guys here. Um, let's move on to Rashad Bateman. <clears throat> he is six foot two, two Oh nine. And he is out of Minnesota. <clears throat> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, in 2019, he produced 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. This past season, he produced 400 yards and two touchdowns. Um, for me, this is another guy that has a great breakout age, 18 years of age, and it was 94th percentile. But he also has a fairly good dominator score at 43.7% and is in the 88th percentile. But he also has a, another good one with the target share, which is 30%, which is also up in the 80, top 80 percentile. For me, I love Rashad Bateman. Um, I do not have him above Jamar Chase. I believe I have them at the same level. I just like what Bateman brings. Um, he's not super fast, but he's fast enough. That's the way that I describe it. I think he is fast enough to be effective at the next level. Um, he does have good, he has good, strong hands. Um, there is, I saw a couple stats today actually, but his drop rate is a little high. Um, he does have some of those. Um, I'm going to go on the basis and say it could be possibly poor quarterback play. Um, I wouldn't say that the balls were that inaccurate, but it could be something that's concerning at the next level. So it's something you'd want to monitor. Um, but he wins almost all of his contested catches. I mean, he goes up and he snags the ball and he pucks it out of the air and he's physical at that catch point, um, which is something I like. And it's another guy that he, <clears throat> he tracks the ball well too. Um, he finds the ball well, especially on deep routes and adjusts to it. 
and has a pretty decent catch radius as well. Um, and that's more so that he just does a very good job, like I said, tracking it and getting into position. It's not that he has what Devontae Smith has with that large, almost wingspan type catch radius. He just he knows how to get into position to make the catch look easier than it is. He also is pretty fluid. I think he does another he's another one that's good at making that catch and then transitioning into the run after catch. He does it fairly quickly and he does turn up field quickly. He doesn't necessarily use that side to side type shimmy. He kind of just gets up field and gets what he can. Now, Ryan, how do you feel about him? I think just he's just another guy that just seems like he's always open. Um, just because he has that big catch radius and is so physical. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I agree. He uh, He's definitely one of my favorite receivers in the class. I think I have him uh, either two or three. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But uh, like you said, the I, I saw a stat while I was looking up him the other day, and Minnesota only had like I think seven total offensive touchdowns or something like that this year. Or something like something really stupid low. So I was like, I, I, when I saw the stats, I was kind of con- I was kind of confused and concerned about it, why he didn't perform very well this year. Then I saw that, and then I also saw that he had opted it out and then back in and then back out or whatever. It was with one of those he things. Very, he was very snip snap. What's that? He was very snip snap on the season. Yes, he was not. I think I honestly think what it was that I think he saw that the team wasn't very good. Probably saw that he was probably going to hurt his draft stock a little bit. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, but I really like his size. He's got 6'2", 209, typical X receiver size. Uh, reportedly ran a 4.39 at Exos. So I think he's a little bit faster than people give him credit for. Uh, and that was laser time, so I don't know how much, uh, how much variation there is to that, but – I'm assuming there probably there might be a little bit of variance, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, like you said, he's smooth and he's smooth in his movements, good route runner, quick in and out of his breaks, and he sells his routes really well. Especially for a guy his size, he has pretty quick feet. Uh, really, really tough down the middle. Not afraid to get into the middle of the field and put his body on the line to make catches. Like you said, high points the ball really well with his catch radius and great hand-eye coordination. Uh, make himself available to his quarterback if plays start breaking down, even though sometimes quarterback didn't see him. He always seemed to constantly make himself available to receive the ball if he needed to. Uh, 36 broken tackles in his career, which is pretty good uh, in my opinion. So it's something that is going to be, is going to be an asset at the next level because a guy, his size, he's going to be, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to bring bring down. He's I feel like he has a constant motor, so he he's always trying to gain a little bit extra yardage. Um, as for the things I'm a little bit concerned about, uh, again I'm I'm nitpicking with these last couple of guys because I feel like all of them are pretty pretty good prospects. Uh, I feel like that's can, what you gotta do though at this at this point. You know what I mean? You got three of these guys that are three to four, even five, maybe even six. You could say that are just like pretty solid prospects. So it seems like most is nitpicking, but I just want to just cut back before you get to that. You are actually totally correct. I just looked it up while you were talking that Minnesota literally had seven passing touchdowns all year. That's, that's sad. And Tanner Morgan only had 1300 yards passing. So 
Uh, it was mainly because they ran through Muhammad Ibrahim, who is one of my favorites for next year. I was excited. I was hoping he was coming out this year, but at running back, but he had 15 touchdowns, so he doubled their passing total. So, yeah. So I guess you know, two touchdowns isn't really bad when you only had seven all year. I guess so. Right. But anyways, concerns well, with Bateman. How are where where are we going here? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was kind of one of my concerns is that he wasn't able to dominate. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him dominate on the outside because I don't know if you I don't know if you noticed this, but if you look back at the year that he was with Tyler Johnson, they moved. I don't know if it's their head coach or offensive coordinator or what, but they're they always put their best receiver in at the slot. Mm-hmm. They never have their out their best receiver in the outside. So I, I kind of would have liked him to see him be the sole option on the outside as opposed to having Tyler Johnson on the on, in the slot because Tyler Johnson dominated in the slot. He he was a very, very good wide receiver out of the slot. So and then they moved they moved Beeman in the slot this past year, and that's I think that's kind of where you didn't see the deep shots that he was getting the previous year. You, uh, his yard per reception went down like seven whole yards or something like that. So it, it's – I just would have liked to have seen him be more dominant on the outside of the college level. Uh, he could be a little bit more athletic as well. He Not as shifty as certainly somebody like Smith or anybody like that, but that's not a huge concern because his uh, catch radius and his ability to get those contested catches in the – his overpowers his inability to beat people with his shiftiness. You know what I mean? No, I do. I totally agree with that too. And I think um, that that's something that is concerning. I, like I'd said, when he gets into the yak, he almost had like, he's like that physical type guy. He's almost going to run you over before he outruns you. Um, but you are totally correct. I mean, he did. I mean, you, if you look back at this and it is that he had a 20, uh, a 20 yard per catch, um, average in 2019 and he had a 13 in 2020. So as you can see, it was more kind of that slot guy. And I don't know if that's his role. I feel like he's more of an outside guy. Um, like you had said, I don't know if he has that shiftiness really to be in the slot necessarily. Um, he could almost have that Michael Thomas type play where he almost is kind of like, runs the slants and stuff like that. And it's just open. Cause he's just so big and physical, yeah. um, which is, which is kind of like for me, he's my one a, I guess we'll say is he's very similar to Jamar chase in that aspect. So Jamar chase is six foot two Oh eight out of LSU. And he's one of those guys that in 2019, he produced 1700 yards and 20 touchdowns in that prolific Joe Burrow led LSU offense. This past year, he opted out. And I think he's just like, like I said, he's a physical guy. He wants that contact. He's going to beat you up before he outruns you. And and this is where we go back to what we had said about Terrace Marshall. At times, I feel like he lacks some effort, um, which concerns me. Um, but it's mostly in the blocking game. It feels like, like you'd said, when the play's not going his way or – he just knows he's not getting a pass thrown to him. He just kind of looks a little lackadaisical on the routes. And I feel like that's something they could clean up at the next level. Um, but he's another guy that settles into zones very well. 
Um, he's also very good when the play breaks down, when the quarterback has to start scrambling, it's a very good job at being creative in his routes and breaking off a guys and creating separation and then making himself available for the quarterback. Um, if you watch a lot of his bigger plays from that year in LSU was almost off of a lot of that was burrow coming out, scrambling out, say to his right side and chase would break off of his route and get over and almost near the sideline and just catch it and break up down the sidelines. Now, when I say he doesn't have necessarily that high-end top-end speed, he still has speed. I mean, he's not slow by any means. Um, he just doesn't necessarily rely on it. He prefers to use his physicality in his routes before he uses the speed. But he does use his speed once he gets the ball. He does create a lot after the catch, and he's very elusive in that way. So... Ryan, how do you feel about Jamar Chase? I mean, I think it's pretty evident that most people have had him as that top guy coming out of this class for a year, year and a half now. Are you there with Jamar Chase, or are you kind of one of those that have kind of dropped him down for in favor of, say, a Bateman or a Smith or something like that? No, he, he's my wide receiver one. He, uh, he's, he was the only prospect of these of this class that I found that I had to really I really had to nitpick in order to find a flaw in his game because even even his speed he was a little worried about the speed he ran a 4-4 at LSU so like a 4-4-0 not like a 4-4-9 or anything like that he ran a 4-4-0 at LSU so yeah but it's not 4-3 it's not 4-3 it's not 4-3 he, but for a guy six foot two away and a guy that physical and that polished as a route runner, he having four four flat speed is is super impressive. Uh, and what what I really liked to see was the fact that he dominated as a sophomore, even with guys like Justin Jefferson and uh, who Terrence Marshall. <clears throat> Yeah, Terrence Marshall, and they had – who was their running back? CEH. Uh, yeah, CEH. So, they had uh, Thaddeus Moss. I mean, that was a pretty loaded team. Yeah, that team that team was ridiculous, and they, he still went to Blenikoff and was the, by far the most dominant receiver in the country uh, his sophomore year. But I feel like you, you hit on everything that I really like about him. He – good balance, good body control. Uh, te- like I said, technically sound as a route runner. Another good, another guy that's good at creating leverage with his routes. Strong hands, strong runner after the catch. Uh, yeah, I mean Matt, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report actually said that he would have him number one in the past four classes. So from every every class from 2017 to now, he would have put him as wide receiver one. So, <laughs> I mean, there's been some good good receivers in the past couple of years, like AJ Brown, Metcalf. Uh, C.D. Lamb, Jefferson, R- Ridley being there. Uh, yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so. I mean, if it's four years, Ridley being there. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's pretty high praise for somebody that. I mean, it's not like some some random site or anything like that. Like Bridge reports are legit sites, legit analysts saying that he would be number one in the last four classes. So that's. That, that's impressive in itself, and I don't see how – I'm not quite sure anybody can have Chase lower than possibly two. Like, is there any is there any reason for you to have him any lower than two that you can say? 
I mean, I, I don't have him lower than two, like I had said. I mean, he's my one one A to one B there with Bateman. I think they're both fairly similar. But I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff. A lot of people knock him for his laziness, like I'd said, like taking plays off and stuff like that. Also, he just is he's a little over physical. Um, I know some people don't like that, and it's kind of like a slack, like almost like he can't win without the physicality and they think at the next level it might he might struggle with that because the NFL corners are more they're more apt to give it back to you than say a college corner would um but other than I mean you could see him at I could see people putting him at three maybe four um if you like waddle speed better hypothetically than that or if you like because you'd have to like Bateman all oh you'd have to like Bateman or Rondell Moore well, we lost Ryan, so <laughs> um, I'm going to close this out here. Well, that's going to be the show <laughs> as we lost Ryan. But if you want to follow us at the FF Playmakers on Twitter, or you can follow me, your host, Jeremy, at Pope's FFH. You can also find Ryan at Mackie underscore FFB. And you can find our podcast Mondays at 8 p.m. on Periscope. And then you can find us on any Google or on any podcast streaming network. And have a good night. And we'll see you guys next week.